you. Thank you, Brother Tim. Appreciate folks being involved. And uh, what a wonderful thing it is to, to serve the Lord together. I, I talked uh, to Brother Arbo just for a few minutes uh, today. And uh, yesterday I had a, a call, a phone call. And uh, a man said, hey, he said, uh, I'm looking for Larry Arbo. Do you know Larry Arbo? And I said, yes, sir. And I said, he was just with us. And I assume he, he contacted me, maybe seeing our video of Brother Arbo speaking. And he said, I'm a, he said, I used to be a member of Park City Baptist Church. That's where Brother Arbo pastored for 30 years. And he said, I'm trying to get a hold of him. He said, man, I want to talk to him. And uh, I, I don't give anybody phone numbers. Uh, I said, hey, I'll call him and have him contact you. And uh, so I called Brother Arbo. And he said, oh, yeah, I know the name. And, uh, but anyway, today I touched base with Brother Arbo when I mentioned uh, asking to pray for my dear friend Steve and the passing of his wife. And he said, that name sounds familiar. He said, why do I know that name? And I said, well, that's uh, Joe Elwell's daughter. He said, oh, yeah. He said, I know Joe. He said, I worked with him with uh, uh, FBMI Canada, and I went down and visited the work in Yuma, uh, Arizona, where he was. And, and before we were done with our conversation, five or six different people that we know he had been with, and praise the Lord for being able to minister together and, and serve the Lord together, and what a wonderful connection it is uh, in Christ. Turn to Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9. I'm going to talk tonight about how the Lord used Ananias. Ananias, of course, the man that the Holy Spirit told to go and speak to Paul, uh, the man who helped him, Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 17. And we're going back to the passage we looked at last week, but we're zeroing in on Ananias. And Saul, verse 1, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest. And desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand, and brought him on into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither had eaten nor drank. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And we come here, we find the character that we're going to focus on tonight. And to him, said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise, and go to the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And is seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, 
to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me. And thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's pray together. Lord, what a powerful passage. Lord, as we open it again tonight, as we're reminded of the conversion of Saul, Lord, help us not to forget the usefulness of thy servant, Ananias. Lord, I pray that you would use all of us. Lord, I pray that we would be connected in the ministry for others. Lord, if there were no Ananias to go and minister to Saul, Lord, what a, what a shame it would have been, what a lacking, what an empty spot left. And Lord, I believe there's an empty spot left when any of us as believers don't fulfill your purpose. Lord, I thank you for those gathered here tonight. Lord, I pray that you would bless them and minister to their hearts through your word. Lord, I pray you'd help me. Lord, I need you tonight. Lord, help us to see uh, how you used Ananias. Lord, that we might be used as well. That we might be useful. Uh, Lord, bless us now and help us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. We see here in our passage that the Lord used this man, Ananias, uh, mightily, uh, I believe. But one of the most humbling truths revealed in the Word of God is that God uses men and women. Imperfect. Very fallible. Uh, but God uses them. We see one such man, Ananias, not a perfect man, but... It was Ananias who was privileged to seek out and lead Saul of Tarsus, the Apostle Paul, into an understanding of the fullness of the Spirit and growing. We read of him only twice in the New Testament. We see of him verses 10 through 17 here in our passage here. And then if you will skip over to chapter 22 of the book of Acts. In chapter 22 and verse 12, it says, And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. In the same hour I looked upon him. Paul recounting that small part that Ananias played in his testimony. It's the only account we have of Ananias. We know nothing else about him besides what we read tonight and Paul's account of him. But I believe tonight we can see him as a model Christian, as a model servant that God can use. Number one tonight, as we think about Ananias, we think the man that God uses. And by the way, God, God wants to use us. And we ought to want to be used. The man that God uses must be a member of the body of Christ. Now, God could, could have gotten a donkey to talk. He did that before. Uh, some of you think he does that every Sunday here. But uh, he got Balaam's donkey to talk. And uh, whenever the prophet uh, was going the wrong direction, uh, God could do that if he wanted to. 
He's still powerful enough to do that. But God chooses to use men and ladies. And God chooses to use those who belong to him. Uh, Ananias was a man who had come through the miracle of the new birth. He was born again. He was a person, as it was called then, of the way. The term Christian hadn't been coined yet. But he was a person of the way. He was a follower of Christ. He was a believer uh, that Christ was the Messiah, the risen Savior. And the Lord came to him and told him of Saul of Tarsus. Now, when Saul was persecuting in Jerusalem, who was he persecuting? The church. He was the enemy of the church. He, he was fighting the church, uh, the body of believers in Jerusalem. And he was going out from there with the purpose of doing battle against the local churches scattered abroad, uh, members of the body of Christ. Ananias was a member of that body. Now, I've never cut off an appendage yet. I probably will one of these days. I, I almost cut my finger off before. I've got a scar here. It was flopping, but I got it back together. But Brother Jim back there, hope you don't mind me talking about your lacking member. Uh, Brother, Brother Jim lost a finger. How many years ago, Brother Jim? He's 12 years old, so about 30, about 30 years ago. We'll, we'll go with 30. And a few years ago, and uh, if you ask Brother Jim uh, if that finger can do anything for him now, he's going to tell you, nope, can't do a thing for him. Why? It's, it's been severed. Uh, it's not there. Now, the stump's there, but the rest of the finger can't do anything for him because it's not connected to the body. Christian, understand the importance of being connected to the local church. That we can be led by the head who is Jesus Christ. That we can move according to God's purpose. You know, we are to be moving and being used by the power of God. Ananias was a member of that body. And if you and I are to be used by the Lord, we get to be connected together as we serve Christ together as we see played out here, as we see played out here in our city and around the world. Number two, as we think about Ananias back in Acts chapter 9, sometimes the man or woman God uses may be an improbable person. Brother Bonnie, if I was going around trying to find people to follow me, if I was Jesus Christ, I'd have been looking for you know, some, some people with influence. I'd have been looking for people with education. I'd have been looking for the Apostle Paul. That, that's who I would have been looking for if I was Jesus. But where did Jesus go? He went down to the seashore to a bunch of rough fishermen and said, Hey, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, if, if you and I had met Peter at the seashore with Jesus, we would have went up to Jesus and said, um, I know you're perfect in all, Jesus, <laughs> but... I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think Peter's not really who you want. He wasn't a probable. He wasn't someone that you're expecting to do great things. But God did great things with him. God came to a Gideon as he was threshing wheat behind the wine press, hiding from the enemies. And the angel of the Lord said to him, 
thou mighty man of valor. Gideon got scared. He thought, man, there's a mighty man of valor around here. I'm afraid of him. Where's he at? <laughs> and finally, he realized, he's talking to me. He said, man, you got the wrong guy. I, I am no mighty man of valor. I, I'm the least. I, I'm from the least tribe. I'm the least of my family. I'm hiding here. I, I'm a nobody. But God used him. And God used David rather than King Saul to kill Goliath. Now, God could have used King Saul, but God often chooses to use improbable people. Improbable people. God used the man here, Ananias, who I believe was probably improbable to Paul's mind. God reached Naaman in the book of 2 Kings with a little maid who said, if my master could get to the man of God, the man of God could heal him. And Naaman, the great powerful man, said, girl, what did you say? If you could get to the man of God, the prophet. And he listened to that little girl, that little servant girl, and he was healed. Ananias, who was he? Verse 10 says, there was a certain disciple. That's all it says about him. A disciple. And by the way, when it says a certain disciple, it means, you know, he was just, a, amongst disciples, he was one of them. He was one of the disciples, a follower of Christ. It wasn't a great leader, a great teacher, a great powerful preacher, just one of the disciples, one of the followers of Christ, one of the believers. God delights in using ordinary people. We often say to God, God, you can't use me because. And we tell God all kinds of reasons why he can't use us. Well, God, I, I, don't, I don't speak well. Uh, I, I'm not a, I, I don't have a big personality. I'm, I can't stand in front of people. Uh, I, I'm not very smart. Uh, I've got a face for radio. You know, all those excuses that we give. But God uses oftentimes improbable people. Now, God did use the Apostle Paul. A man who was highly educated. A man who had a great pedigree. But the Bible says not many mighty. Not many noble are chosen. But God chooses the weaker and the lesser. And uses the small. God chose a little stone. To kill Goliath. Just a little stone. And that stone knocked him down and David took the sword of Goliath. Imagine the giantness of that sword and chopped off the head. And he carried that head. I read a little bit earlier this year. Thinking about Goliath carrying that head back. And Goliath carried it back and placed it near Jerusalem. Jerusalem at the time was not in control by God's people. But that place, he carried the head of Goliath, the head that was taken by a small little boy. But God used Ananias. Christian, would God want to use you? Not me. God used him.
Number three, the man and woman that God uses must be living a devout life. In Acts chapter 22, the text I had you turn to in verse 12, in Paul's testimony, Paul says of Ananias, he was a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there. In other words, he had a good testimony. He had a good testimony. The people in town, they watched him. Tried to find something wrong with him. Tried to find something to say, hey, I knew that about you. I knew it was too good to be true. But he had a good testimony. He had a good testimony. Christian, if we're going to be used by God, we have to have a good testimony. I've got on the back of my car a QR code. Just a little QR code. You scan it, it goes to the gospel presentation page on our church website. I, I've known churches that have given out stickers, you know, uh, for their church. And, you know, put this on your car. Follow me to such and such church. Uh, but I've also known pastors who said, I don't think it's a good idea. You know, because you, you see cars parked at places they ought not be. Uh, with that sticker on them. Uh, you see folks doing things and saying things they ought not do with that sticker as an advertisement. And we become a poor testimony. A Christian, Ananias was a man that had a good testimony. Now, my salvation is based on Jesus Christ. It's not based on what I do or how I live or any decision I make once I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. But my usefulness, my usefulness to Jesus Christ is based on my testimony. How many have ever tried to start a match that was wet before? Ever been frustrated? It breaks, it gums up, it won't fire, it fires, and, and you get mad. You know why those matches won't work? The matches got somewhere they weren't supposed to get. They got something on them that wasn't supposed to be on them. And it made them of none effect. Christian, when we get ourselves in the world, in the things of the world, we become of none effect in the service of Christ. Ananias was a man who had a good testimony. Uh, he was consistent. Was he perfect? No. But the focus of his life was lived to glorify God and to be useful Number four, number next. The man or woman God uses must be utterly at his disposal. Christian, are you available to God? I'm going to pick on Brother Ahmad for a second because it's fun. How many of you, know, how many of you have used WhatsApp before? In WhatsApp, you can you know, put a tagline on there. Now, you may have changed it, Brother Ahmad, but unless it's changed, if you look at Ahmad's WhatsApp page, it says, available when available. Is that what it says? Uh, you know, uh, in other words, I might see a message here or I might not. Like, don't think I'm going to see this every moment. But it says, available when available. When I read that, I don't know how many years ago, I thought, that's, that's hilarious. A lot of us, we say to God, I'm available when I'm available, Lord. I'm not, I'm not going to just respond to you any time, but I may choose to respond to you. I 
I know there's so many people who are very, very busy. And I know we all get that way sometimes. And we try to be careful of other people's time. And we, we try not to expect people to, to drop and instantly respond when we reach out. And yet we as believers ought to instantly respond to our God. We ought to instantly be available. Ananias was available. You know, God spoke to him in verse 10. Named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in the vision, Ananias. By the way, in, all throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament new, oftentimes when God talks to someone, he just calls their name. He just gets their attention. Ananias. Yes, Lord. How many of you that are parents, you've been somewhere and you've, you've heard someone say dad and you turned and it wasn't your child? You ever been there? That's happened to me many times. I'll be somewhere and I hear dad and I'll turn and go, oh, that's not my child. Uh, I am dad, but I'm only dad to, to these people right here. I'm not dad to anybody else. Uh, but I'll hear that dad, and I'll think, what's well, talking to me? God got Ananias' attention, and Ananias said immediately there in verse 10, Behold, I'm here. I'm, I'm available. Lord, what do you want? What, what can I do for you? Lord, what is it that I can make? How can I make myself available to you? We see that picture there. He was in close touch with the Lord. In verses 10 through 14, we see there was a conversation. Ananias spoke with the Lord. He listened to the Lord. He, he answered the Lord. He obeyed the Lord. He asked the Lord some questions. He said, Lord, I, I've heard of him. Um, do you know, Lord, that you know, he might want to kill me? And the Lord said, yeah, I know. I know Ananias, I, you go, and he went, but he was available. Number five, the man or woman that God uses must, must be full of Christ-like affection. I sent a message to my dear friend Steve today as I responded to his official Facebook post about his wife. I talked to him at five o'clock this morning, but. In that response on social media, I told him, I said, you definitely didn't wait until your wife passed on to heaven to let people know you loved her. He showed his love very visibly. He, for many years now, has cared for her. He's done home dialysis for her while working a 40-hour week as a truck driver and several days a week, four, five, six hours doing dialysis and meeting all the physical needs for his dear wife who has struggled and fought. She has severe diabetes and had many. She did. She doesn't now. She's healed, praise the Lord. But I said, everybody around you knew that you loved your wife because you showed it. Christian, we need to show our love to a lost world as Jesus did. We need to love the world the way that Steve taught us to love his wife. 
We need to show forth that love. Can I tell you what Ananias did? Ananias walked in the room, but the Bonnie was the Apostle Paul, not Paul yet, Saul of Tarsus, the murderer. He went in and says, you dirty, sorry, filthy, rotten, good-for-nothing, low-down scoundrel. I heard how you stood there as they killed. He could have talked for an hour about all the filthy, vile things that that man had done. What did he do? The Bible says he went in. He put his arm around him. And he said, Brother Paul, it may have been that Ananias had friends who had died because of Paul. No doubt he, he had heard stories of those that were killed like Stephen. And yet he went and loved Saul and said, you're my brother. Well, that's a picture of Christ-like love. He showed forth the love of Christ. Christian, if we're going to be used to affect our world, we have to show forth Christ's love. We have to live it out. We have to make it very obvious to the world around us. Here's a good test for us. When somebody, maybe another Christian, maybe a lost person, when somebody hurts you, let's say a Christian, when another Christian, a brother and sister in Christ, does something against you wrongly, maybe says some horrible thing, maybe does some horrible thing. By the way, we do that. We're made of flesh. To the, to the level that we're able to put our arm around that person and say, you're my brother, is the level of our Christ-likeness. The man who wrote the book called Son of Hamas told us the story of the first time he went to a church service a gospel preaching church service. The pastor preached and God would allow that pastor and direct his heart and mind to the passage, love your enemies. Do good to those that harm you. And he says as that man preached, that gospel preacher preached the Bible and read that verse, love your enemies. He said, I thought nobody could do that. He said, my father, he said, as, as a uh, a Muslim, he said, I believe my father to be the most religious man I knew, the most devout man I knew. And his father was one of the co-founders of the Hamas organization. And he said, I know my father's mentality is kill your enemy. Murder them. Death to the infidel. He said, I, I know that. I've been taught that as a boy. I, I, I believe that and I followed that as, a, as an adult. When I heard a man say, love your enemies, I thought, man, that man has something my father doesn't have. And can I tell you, that's the love of Christ. Ananias loved as Christ loved. Number six tonight, if we're going to be used by God, the man or woman that God uses must be well informed. Look at verse 13 and 14. Verse 13, the Bible says, Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard many of, many of this man, how much evil he had done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. We learn here that Ananias, he had his finger on the pulse. He knew what was going on around him. 
we need to know what's going on around us, and we need to know how to take the Bible and how to apply it, the need. Some of you probably at some point in your life, you received a book called the Bible Promises book. How many of you know I'm talking about? I think when I graduated from, from high school, somebody gave me a little book about this big. It said Bible Promises. I've still got it somewhere in boxes upstairs that eventually when the library is done, I get my books out. But in that little book, it has, you know, verses to help in this time or that time. Christian, we need to know how to apply the Word of God. We need to know the Word of God. We need to be informed. You know, it doesn't do any good to have a first aid kit if you don't know how to use a first aid kit. I mean, if Jeff has a first aid kit, he has no first aid training. And, you know, I, I get an injury. He opens a first aid kit, grabs a pair of scissors, start cutting my leg off. I got a first aid kit. You're good, Pastor. I got gotcha. you. Mm, it's probably not going to help me. I remember several years ago out hunting. Brother Mott, I don't think you were there, but I cut myself pretty badly butchering a deer. That's a pretty normal thing for me. And the bleeding wouldn't stop. And I was in the camper there, and I had uh, a friend John and my old neighbor Keith were there. And, and I was bleeding. I was trying to, and it wouldn't stop. It wouldn't stop. And Keith said, hey, I've got sutures out in my car. He's a nurse. And I said, yeah, go get him. And so he went out to get him. He was going to stitch me up. And John, uh, some of you know John, uh, Uncle John was excited. He was, he, was, he, was, he was really excited about watching me get stitched up. And as he's out finding the stitches, I'm holding it, and I realize that I got it stopped. The bleeding stopped. And John, and John's not a little guy. He's about this tall, and he's about this wide, and about this thick. Uh, he's about three times as big as his pulpit. And John is trying to wrestle me, trying to open the wound back up, because he wants to watch uh, my finger gets stitched up, and uh, I'm fighting with him as my neighbor's coming in. I said, man, leave me alone. I don't want him to have to stitch me up if I don't need stitched up. Now, if John had had the stitches, he would have stitched me up whether I needed it or not. He had no idea what he was doing. He decided it'd be fun to, you know, sew on me. Now, Keith had the stitches. He knew how to use the stitches, and he could have, if I needed them, he could have applied them the right way. Now, if my son, my son-in-laws, if they tried to stitch me up, I'd probably die. Uh, yeah, definitely, I would definitely die. Uh, my wife, if she tried to stitch me up, uh, she would have a heart attack from the blood, and then I would die. <laughs> but if you get the right person that knows how to use the right tool, it's a miracle what can happen. Christian, Ananias knew how to use the Word of God. He knew how to apply it. He, he was well-informed. He, uh, he, he knew truth. Actually, look, look at 1 Peter chapter 3, and then i got one more point I want to give you tonight. Before we get there, I want you to look at 1 Peter. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 5. For after this manner... Uh, verse 15, excuse me. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always 
to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Be ready. Be ready to give an answer. Ananias was ready. Lastly, number seven, as we look back in our text in Acts 9. Number seven, the man or woman whom God uses must be able to lead others in the blessing. Verse 17 of our text. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. On the threshold of his new life in Christ, Ananias led Saul into the fullness of spiritual blessing. He said, hey, I, I want to lead you the right direction. I want to lead you to grow. We see the phrase there, filled with the Holy Spirit. Ananias was enjoying the Christian life, and he said to Saul, Hey, I want to lead you to enjoy the Christian life like I enjoy the Christian life. How many of you have met Christians that you don't want the Christian life they have? <laughs> you ask the question, how are you doing? Oh, it's miserable. It's terrible. And how many of you regret asking the question? <laughs> you learn. There are certain people, you don't ask them how they are. Because they'll tell you. And you see, just not, <laughs> you don't ask the question. They're just miserable and horrible. But we have victory in Christ. That's right. Amen. I, I don't understand how we who are on our way to heaven could be miserable. And I know there's difficulties on the way. I, I know that there's discouragement. I know there's sorrow. I have many dear friends right now who are walking through a time of sorrow. I, I understand that. Uh, I talked to a dear brother today who's walking through some struggles in ministry. and uh, Even through those struggles, he's encouraged. May we realize that we need to be able to lead others not into discouragement. Not, oh man, let me, come with me. Let me tell you how miserable I am. I want you to come over here and learn how miserable it is. And misery loves company. We want other people to be just as miserable as we are. But we need to be saying, man, let me tell you how great it is to be a Christian. Let me tell you how wonderful it is to know the Lord. Let me tell you how wonderful it is to serve the Lord. Ananias was such a man. He said, Brother Paul, or Brother Saul, hey, let me, let me teach you here. Let me tell you that you can... You can enjoy this new life in Christ and, and you can have the power to, to serve. And Acts chapter 2, back just a few verses, back a few pages. In verse 4, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, Paul, we can be filled, we can be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, the Bible says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Everybody here has seen a drunk, washed a drunk. Some of you have washed a drunk in a mirror in the bathroom because uh, you've been there. And, and you've done stupid stuff that you thought, man, I'd never do that. And you, you, know, you, 
you punch the 300-pound guy in the face and start a fight because you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof because you, you're drunk. Or you try to walk and you fall over because you're drunk. Or you do things you would not do because you're drunk. You're not in control. You're controlled by the alcohol. We know that. We, we've seen that picture. We've seen the drunk walking down the street and they can't keep it up. And you, my heart breaks as I think, man, what a horrible way to live. Not in control. Not in control. A Christian, God gives us a picture of the, of the drunkenness of that drunk staggering, doing things that out of his control. And he says, we can be controlled by the Spirit of God. How many of you have ever tried to fly a drone before? You know, a little hover, hovercraft drone? I haven't. I remember a friend of mine when I was a kid had a little remote-controlled helicopter. And I tried to fly it. Brother Jeff, I broke it. Because uh, I couldn't control it. Now, this is... 30 years ago so or 35 years ago didn't have quite have the abilities they have today but I've watched people take those things I watched Caleb Caleb sick tonight but was drone just man he can hover that thing around and why he didn't have it on when I wrecked my bike I'm still mad at him but he, he can control it but you give me that thing I can crash it I can wreck it as bad as I wreck my bike uh, because I don't know how to control it but if I put it in his hands he knows how to control it. Christian, we need to lead others into understanding that we're not the ones that have to control our life. We can lean on the Holy Spirit. And Ananias said, Brother Saul, let me tell you this new life in Christ, you're not the one that's supposed to be in control. Let me lead you into an understanding of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding and correcting you. Now, we know nothing else about Ananias. We don't know if he spent a long time with Saul. We know he left. We don't know if there was interaction later. We don't know if Paul would go and visit Ananias. We don't know if they communicated via letter. We don't know if there was a, a time of discipling with him or with other disciples. We don't know that. All we know is that very small window but the Lord thought it important enough that he repeated it twice in the book of Acts. Once as it happened at another time in Paul's testimony. And I have to believe that we can take from that, I could be an Ananias. I could help somebody. Dr. Lee Robertson, the pastor of Highland Park Baptist Church years ago in Tennessee, the leader of Tennessee Temple College and later university where Brother Arbo will go to Bible college, back in 1972. Dr. Robertson, I heard him many times. I, I, I rode with him back and forth to a meeting as a teenager. I sat and had meals with him throughout the week when I was six, 16 years old, I think 15 or 16 years old. I heard him preach several times. Almost every time I heard him preach, I'd hear him mention a lady by the name of Daisy Halls. Because he always shared his testimony. He said, when I was a little boy, I went in a Sunday school class, and a little sweet Sunday school teacher named Daisy Halls told me that Jesus Christ loved me, and he died for me. 
And that little woman, that little Sunday school teacher led Lee Robertson, then just a little boy, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And obviously Daisy Hawes never preached a sermon. Daisy Hawes never pastored a church. Daisy Hawes never led a Bible college. But she led the man that did all of that. Ananias, as far as we know, God would never use him to pin great letters to the churches. As far as we know, Ananias would never stand and preach and thousands be saved. Ananias wouldn't travel to, to new places to give the gospel, as far as we know. But Ananias had a part in the ministry of Saul. And Saul would do those things. Christian, may we be available for God to use us. Let's pray. Lord, I pray you'd help us to realize that you're still looking for people to use. And Lord, you have a work for us to do. Lord, I thank you for all those that were involved in making the service tonight happen. I thank for those that ran the video and the sound and led the singing and played the music and uh, prepared all the things that happened just for this service tonight. Lord, I think of all of those here in this local church that are involved in so many aspects, Lord, that make possible, Lord, those that give, those that pray. Lord, I pray we'd be available. God, you'd use us. Lord, I thank you that you desire to have us a part of your purpose. Lord, bless us now. Lord, dismiss us tonight with your grace. Lord, help us to be reminded. Lord, we just need to be available. We need to be connected. Lord, we, we need to be living in such a way that we have a testimony of usefulness. Lord, we, we need to know this book and be able to apply it and understand what's going on around us. And Lord, have a Christ-like spirit as we minister to others. Lord, I pray that we would be living a blessed life of relationship with you and your word, that we could lead others into that same blessing. God, help us not to be a stumbling block. Help us not to be discouragers, but God help us to be encouragers like Ananias was. Bless us, Lord. Be with us the rest of the week. Lord, I pray you bless our services to come this weekend. Lord, I pray for the, the work outside. Lord, I pray that it will be closed up and finished before the weekend to keep us from difficulty there. Lord, I pray you'd lead uh, friends and family members and folks here this Sunday. Lord, I pray you'd give us somebody to come and hear the gospel. Lord, I pray for someone to be saved this week. Uh, Lord, I pray for someone that will be willing to follow you in believer's baptism again this week. Lord, will you stir the waters behind me yet again. Uh, God, use us and help us. In your precious name we pray. Amen.